You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. You know, I also want to say thank you, men of the church, for blessing all the moms today. A bunch of these wonderful men just stepped up and said, we're going to bless these women with an awesome brunch and roses. And you know what? Let's give it up for the men. Woo! Behind every good woman is a man. (laughs) But we just thank you guys for just uh, loving on us and blessing us today. And I'm just going to open us up in prayer. Heavenly Father... Oh, how we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence here this morning. Holy Spirit, just fill this place. Fill every heart. Allow us to hear your truth more than we hear anything else here this morning. Allow us to recognize your hand of comfort and healing and love. God, I thank you that every person, the sound of my voice, is going to be changed from the inside out this morning. They're going to be given the gift of hope and encouragement, and I thank you that everyone receives exactly what they need from you here this morning. And I pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. This morning, I'm going to read from God's Word a story about someone who initially was a very discouraged someone. And after they left God's presence, they were bubbling over with hope and encouragement. And a lot of times, as we live this life, things happen. Things happen that are out of our control. And sometimes we just wonder, how are we going to make it through the things that seem like we're not going to go through and make it through. But I'm here to encourage you this morning that God's in the house. He is a living hope, just his very presence is a living hope. And this morning, his word is going to encourage you. It's, it's not my word. It's his word that he is going to speak through me to reveal his love to you. So I'm going to start us off. In the book of Samuel, and I am going to do my best Evelyn Wood speed reading. And today's message is simply noted. Go to God, put your trust in him, and watch the miraculous occur in your life. Is there anyone in here who's up for a miracle today? That's just about all of us. You know what? God's in the business of delivering and handing out miracles. Isn't that awesome? Where else can you hear such great encouragement but in God's house? So this morning, I'm going to start with 1 Samuel, the first chapter, and I'm going to read to you the story of Hannah. I'm going to read in the New Living Translation. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children. But Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, 
Hophni, and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would say. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? Once, after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place besides the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. In this passage, I want you to see three very important things. And as you see these things and you do them, a lot of times God shows up and he tells us things, but it's not in just the hearing of them. It's in the doing of them that we are blessed. The first thing I want you to see is this. In verse 9, it says, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Hannah was distressed. Hannah was sad. All she wanted was a son. That's all she wanted. Why does everyone else have a son? Sometimes, you know what? We go before God and we go, why does everyone else have money? Why does everyone else have a car? Why does everyone else have a job? Why does everyone else have a mate, a husband, a wife? Why does everyone else get their healing? Why does everyone else have a family that loves them? Sometimes we get angry. We get bitter. We don't know why God's withholding those blessings from us. But I love the fact that even in her distress and her bitterness, she got up and she went to God. You know, I look back over my life. 
And I wish I could stand up here and say, oh my gosh, every time I was stressed out or discouraged or depressed, I went right to God. But the truth is, that's not true. You know what? I've gone to other things in my life, but I've realized that God's the only place to go. When you're in that place of need, God's the only answer. He is the only solution. And she knew that. So she went up and she went to God. She went to his house. And I love it. This is our encouragement here this morning. As she went to God to seek him, it says in Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. He heard me. God hears you. He is right here in this place hearing you. I love what the NLT version reads. It says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. I prayed to the Lord. You go to God and you talk to him. You talk to him. He's a good, good father, and he welcomes you. It says in his word in Matthew eleven twenty eight. it says, Come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden, overburdened. We all get to that place. When I first came to know Christ, I was thinking, wow, this is my new life. There's never going to be another problem again. That's really what I thought. I was 25 years old, and I had just been introduced to Christ, and I gave my heart to him. And then I remember... Sometimes shortly thereafter, something happened. I go, what's going on? I don't think this was supposed to happen. I thought this was a game changer. Nothing was supposed to go wrong, but that's not true at all. We're supposed to go to God at every turn because we live in this life. In Psalm 34, verse 6, it says, In my desperation I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. In my desperation, Hannah sought the Lord. She recognized that right now there's only one person that's going to be able to help her. Sometimes there are things that happen in life, they are out of our control. They're out of our control, but they're never out of his control. And this is the truth. This week, on Monday... Something came out of left field. Did you ever have something come out of left field and you go, what just happened right now? Everything's going wonderful. Because I could usually wake up and day goes into week, into month, and I'm like, you know what? Everything is good. Everything's great. And all of a sudden, Monday, something happened, and it knocked me off my feet, knocked me down. And I thought, I can't do this. And I was about to tell my husband as Monday went into Tuesday into Wednesday, I can't do this. This is the one time a year I get up. I'm so excited to get up. It's Mother's Day. I'm going to preach God's truth. I'm going to give everyone hope and encouragement. And I go, I can't do this. I go, this has knocked me down. And I said to my husband, I go, I think, I wanted to say discouraged because that sounds nice. But you know what I said? I go, this has depressed me. This situation has got me depressed. I'm going to keep getting up and moving forward, but I'm just being honest. Like, this is really knocking me down. It was out of my control what happened. But I kept, I said, God, I kept saying, Jesus, 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 you got to show up for me. Because in this world, I almost hate putting forth this verse, but I'm going to put it forth because 
The ending of this verse is so encouraging. It says in John 16:33, in this world you will have trial and tribulation. You will experience sorrow and anguish, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus says, take heart, be of good cheer. Listen, I know what it looks like right now, but I'm telling you, I'm on the scene. Right now, I'm moving heaven and earth on your behalf. Right now, I'm working all things together for your good. And it's true because on Monday, what seemed to be horrible, Wednesday afternoon turned around and we came home and I go, look at that. Look what God did. And I love, love, love. How God says, take heart, be of good courage. That New Living Translation is so awesome. It says, you will have many trials and sorrows. But it's not about that. It's really, the issue is never about whether you will face trials and sorrows. It's what you will do in the face of them. That's really the issue here. Not are you going to have problems in life. That's a given question is, how are you going to respond? How are you going to react when those things happen? And this is the meaning of the word tribulation. I know you can identify with at least one of these meanings. It means pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, adversity, affliction, crushing, squashing, squeezing, distress, crushing, squashing, squeezing. Wow, those are some big words. Every one of us as we go through this life is going to experience some type of stress or pressure. How are we going to respond when these things occur? That's really the issue. Hannah responded the correct way. She went right to God. She said, I need to get to God. I need to go to his house. Look at you. Look where you are this morning. Look at you. I am so proud of everyone who's here, and I'm going to tell you why. This is Mother's Day. Do you know what you could have said, every one of you moms? Take me to brunch, to the nicest place on the whole world. And you know what? Everyone around you, because they love you, would have done that. But you said, take me to church. And do you know what? I know that I know that God is going to honor and bless and reward that. How do I know that? He says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's who he is. I love that about God. So the good news is God's going to turn it around. I'll show you some more encouragement. It says in Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. Verse 17, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Do you know your most powerful prayer is this, help, help, help. Sometimes you're in a place where you can't even say how you feel. I've been in a place where I've just been reduced to tears. I go, God, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm at a place where I'm so discouraged. If you don't rescue me, I'm going to go into a full-blown depression. Listen to me. We're human. We're just people. Every one of us. And this is what I love about God's people. Every one of us is going to experience some type of stress, squeezing, squashing. 
When that happens, listen, you go to that person who's experiencing it. You give them a hug, and you tell them it's going to be all right. What the enemy intended for harm, God is going to work to your good. God right now is working all things together on your behalf. Right now, heaven and earth are being moved in your favor. Encourage someone. Don't ever tell someone, shame on you. You should not be discouraged or depressed. Seriously? Really? Oh my gosh, we're just people, and we all experience these emotions. We're supposed to surround each other and pray for one another and encourage and support one another. I love that about church. I love that. When my husband and I go through things, we run to church. We just run here. I can't think of any other place I'd rather be because when I get here and someone goes, how you doing? Sometimes I go, you know what? I'm not doing that great, but I know God's with me. And they go, can I pray for you? Yes. Pray for me, please. I could use all the prayer coverage you'll give me. Isn't that awesome? And then it gets better. We look at verse 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Hannah was brokenhearted. God, please. Panina is tormenting me. I can't even imagine that, having someone who has what you want and all they do is throw it in your face. I'm here to tell you this. Back when, when I first got saved and I didn't understand God's grace and I was still yet so insecure. Insecurity plagues a lot of us. There's only one way to get over insecurity, and that's getting closer to God and being confident in his love for you. But in my insecurity... I didn't know any better. If someone didn't have what I had, I would throw it in their face. I didn't mean to do that, but that was out of my insecurity. If someone doesn't have something, you pray with them that they would get it. That's what you do. You encourage them. If God did it for me, he'll do it for you. We're here to be a support and encouragement to one another. God is near to the brokenhearted. The righteous, it says in verse 19, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. But the Lord comes to his rescue. I'm here to tell you that many are the afflictions of the righteous. If you've put your faith and trust in God, you'll have many afflictions. However, I've got good news. God will deliver you from them all. All, A-L-L, all, he will. I've been walking with God for many years, and I've watched him show up time and again and do the miraculous because that's who he is. He's a miracle-working God, and he shows up right on time, and he is here for you, and he knows your heart's cry. He knows what you're going through, and he will do what you need him to do. The second point I want you to see here this morning is to be honest and be truthful. It says in 1 Samuel, verse 15, Oh no, sir, Hannah had replied, I haven't been drinking wine, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Do you do that? Are you honest and truthful with God? Sometimes, we don't want to deal with stuff, so we're just not honest and truthful. 
but you'll never get your healing or the answer to your prayer or the help you need if you're not honest and truthful. Hannah could have got mad. Like, what's the matter with you? Are you a crazy priest? How could you be acute? You know, she could have just gotten defensive. But what she did was she just got honest and she said, you know what? I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I just want a baby. I don't know what it is you want from God this morning, but just be honest. Do you want a healing? Tell him, I want my healing, God. I'm depressed. I'm stressed out. I need a healing touch in my mind or my heart or my body. I need a healing touch in my family. I am so thrilled this morning. I've been praying for a long time about so many things. And this morning, my sister was going to church. I've been encouraging her to go to church for a long time. I said, please get to church. It's the only answer. It's the only way you're going to get everything you need. And my sister let me know that my mother was going to church with her this morning. And I said, hallelujah. I said, that makes me so happy. Because I know that God's an on-time God. And when you show up, God is right there to meet you where you're at and to meet your every need. He's right there. He hears your every cry. But you need to be honest. Honest. Open and honest. You know, when I first got saved, you go to the Jesus bookstore and you get these little bookmarkers and your names are on them. And my name, Alicia, says truthful. It says truthful. And I thought that was quite ironic when I first got saved because the truth was there was absolutely nothing truthful about me at all. Nothing I said was truthful. I had lived a life of hurt and pain, and I was always trying to cover it up, always trying to cover it up. So the things I said were really not truthful. But if you would have called me a liar, I would have had to hurt you. But that was the truth. I wasn't being open and honest. I didn't know how to be open and honest. And you know what? God revealed to me that you'll never get what you need unless you're open and honest. I shared this morning um, a little story. I was actually making my bed today, and I said, God, is there anything you want to reveal to me or show me or something that might help in my message today? And uh, I love it. Wherever you are, making a bed, washing the dishes, All you got to do is call out to God. It says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. There's so much I don't know. But there's one thing I do know. God is the only answer. He's the only one to go to. He is the one who is going to help you. And so this morning, God brought to my remembrance. Years ago, right before I got saved, I was traveling down the parkway. It was a rainy, cold um, evening, and I was just in a bad place. And want to know the truth? Before I came to Christ at 25, I was always pretty much in a bad place. I didn't have God. I didn't have a father who loved me, who cared about me. I didn't know I was loved. I didn't know I was precious. So I ran to everything else, and everything else was never the answer. And I remember that one night coming down the parkway, I looked in my rearview mirror, Be careful when you look in your rearview mirror. Lights were flashing. (laughs) And I pulled over, and the police officer came up to my car. And he said, 
what is your problem? I've been trying to get your attention for absolutely for miles now. And you know what I did? I burst into tears and I started crying. And I said, officer, I am so depressed. He just stood there. He didn't know what to do with me. He was like, all right. Um. <laughs> Isn't it funny the things you remember? He goes, all right, just, you know what, go home and just take care of yourself, and I hope you feel better. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? I was honest in the moment. I didn't say, why are you pulling me over? What are you bothering me for? You know what? And God used this man to set me free at that moment. Let me tell you something. God knows what's going on. He's aware of every detail in your life. Nothing has escaped his notice. Sometimes we wonder, God, are you there? He's there. He's right there. He's in the moment with you. And the last thing I'd like for you to see, actually the last thing before I read this scripture, do you know it says right there that Eli said, in that case, in verse 17, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Because she decided not only to be honest with God, but with the priest, he got in agreement with her. He got in agreement with her. You know, this morning after the first service, there was a person, I said, can I pray for you? And, and uh, they said, yeah, you could just pray for me. And I said, for what? Well, for an addiction. And I said, well, what kind? What kind? And that person shared their addiction. I wasn't upset. I wasn't mad. I wasn't like, how could you? I said, let me tell you something right now. God knows this addiction that you're struggling with, and he is going to send the right help your way. But you have to be honest with God. There's so many times we just cover it up. Don't cover it up. Because she was honest with God and with this man of God. He said, you know what, I'm in agreement that you should get your prayer answered. And this is the third point I want you to see here this morning. I love this story. Even though it's Mother's Day and I'm here just to seemingly preach a Mother's Day message that encourages the moms, I believe that this is an on-time word, that this word has the capacity to encourage and bring hope to every single heart in this house. That's the power of God's word. And the last thing I'd like you to see is this. Praise him for the miracle that's about to occur. Right there in verse 18, Hannah exclaimed, Oh, thank you, sir. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. She was no longer sad. Here she came into God's house, seeking God's presence, talking to him, pouring out her heart. Sad. She was discouraged. She was depressed. She was in anguish. She was in sorrow. And look what happened. The priest came over, got an agreement with her that you should get what you're asking God for. And she made a decision right then and there. She was going to believe him. She was just going to believe them. It's like when you come into, how, into the house and somebody prays over you and they speak healing over you or they speak provision or comfort or strength or whatever it is you need, you have one response, one right response. 
And that's to say, amen, I'm in agreement. What you just prayed over me, I'm in agreement. I'm going to choose to believe you. And when you choose to believe in that moment, joy returns to your heart. Joy. Look what happened to her. She made a decision right there in that moment. You know what? I'm going to believe that God has heard my prayer and that he's going to answer my request. And here it is. She went away no longer sad. She wasn't sad anymore. She was so distressed. She couldn't even eat. She couldn't even eat. She didn't even care about eating. This week, in the first half of the week, my husband kept saying, so what's for dinner? And I go, I don't care what's for dinner. I don't care. I don't care about food. I don't care about eating. I'm like, this thing is knocking me down. This is really depressing me. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. He could have said, let's go to the most expensive steakhouse in the world. I'd have been like, no. All right, maybe. No. <laughs> but I was absolute. I didn't care. Like, you don't care about food when you're depressed. It's the last thing on your mind. But in that moment, she said, you know what? I'm making a choice to believe that God has heard me. He's moving heaven and earth on my behalf. He's going to work this out for my good. I'm going to get what I asked. I'm going to get my son. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to be happy right now. That's it. I'm making a choice to be happy right now. Because it's only something you can do. I can't get into your heart or into your mind and make you happy. That's something that you have to choose at every given moment on any given day. You're going to have forks in the road before you all the time. Choose life, God says. Choose my peace, my peace that I gave to you, my very own peace I've given to you. It's yours. Stop allowing yourselves to be troubled, unsettled, disturbed, stressed out. Stop. Stop. Choose my peace. I'm right here in this moment. I know what's going on. Sometimes we just wonder, God, really? Are you there? Do you care? Do you know what's going on? Or do I got to fill you in again? God knows what's going on, but he doesn't even mind if you fill him in again because it's relationship. And every time you get it up and out, you're getting your healing. I encourage people all the time when I talk to them, go ahead, get it up and out. Cry, cry, cry. Get it out because in there, is your healing. Your healing is attached to your honesty. And I love, love, love what it says in Psalm 34, verse 5. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. Radiant with joy. Radiant with joy. Those are probably the three most exciting words I've ever heard all morning. Radiant with joy. You know what? you got to make a choice. I'm in God's house. I've poured out my heart to him. I know that he loves me. I know he cares about me. There's nothing he won't do for me. And I know that he is about to move heaven and earth to get me what I need. So I thank you for that. And I love what Romans 15, 13 says. May the God of your hope. So fill you with all peace and joy as you trust in him, as you believe him, his word, his truth. So that, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would have hope. You would bubble over with hope. 
I love, love, love being around bubbly, happy, joyful, radiant people. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love being married to my husband. Bubbly, joyful, radiant. His nickname is Joyful Joe. <laughs> awesome, amazing Alicia has nothing on Joyful Joe. But God's word is so awesome. And do you see what happened? She didn't doubt. She completely trusted Eli. And immediately, she was filled with peace and joy. Hannah made a decision. She was going to go to God. She was going to trust God. And this is the best part. She believed she was going to get her son. And do you know what? She got her son. In due season, she got her son. Do you know, when we first got married, my husband said, let's have a family. Now, I was a career girl in Manhattan. I was making tons of money, oodles of money. I said, no, no, I don't know about that family thing. I'm making too much money to stop, and I don't know how to have a family. What does that even mean? I had been hurt so much, I didn't even think about having a family. And then we had our first daughter, Alexandra, and that was it. That was it. My husband said, you're going back to work? I said, never. <laughs> never. I'm staying home with this precious baby. And then God blessed me with Victoria. And I was just like, wow, God, you are so amazing. And then just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Jacqueline came along. Oh, my goodness, my mini-me. <laughs> And then my husband, Joyful Joe, kept saying, Hon, please, don't we want a son? We want a son. We do want a son. Don't we want a son? I got worn out. I go, all right, we'll have a son. And then Joey came into the world. <laughs> and then when you thought it couldn't possibly get any better, I said to God, there's Joey in the middle of his sisters playing with Barbie dolls. You can give me another son. <laughs> and God, because he loves me so much, gave me twins, Nikki and Josh. And I'm going to tell you something. God, God will go above and beyond what you even ask, think, desire, or dream of. I love that. That's what it says in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above all you can ask, think, or imagine, that's a good, good father. So this morning, I leave you with this. It says in James 5.16, that the heartfelt prayer, the earnest, sincere, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. And I love how it puts it in the New Living Translation. It says that the prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So this morning, I pray that the next time the enemy, because he is the enemy who's doing this, it's never God, the enemy comes at you with something. I pray that you would run straight to God, seek God, talk to God, Get in his presence, because in his presence is fullness of joy. And then just be open and honest with him. Be real. If you're hurting, 
Say you're hurting. Don't cover it up. If you're struggling with something, say, I'm struggling with this. Be open and honest. And you know what? God loves when you're open and honest with him. And you know what? I know that he has placed wonderful people around you. Always get some people that you can trust. Trust. People who are filled with the Holy Spirit so that when you confess to them what you're going through, they won't judge you. They won't say shame on you. They will say, let's pray. Let's go to God. Let's expect our miracle. And lastly, expect your miracle. Expect that what you ask from God, what you're requesting from Him, that He is going to meet you where you're at. He's going to meet your need because He loves you. You can't imagine how much He loves you. And whatever you're going through, listen to me, He's going to bring you through to the other side. He is. What started out in the beginning of the week that really knocked me down by Wednesday afternoon. You know what? We had some good news. And I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. He's an on-time God. He shows up right on time. And I don't care what the devil throws at you because all that junk is from the devil. It's never from God. Never say to God, why are you doing this to me? He's not doing it to you. He's the one that's sending the rescue ship. He's the one that's sending help your way. So this morning, remember this. Go to God. Pour out your heart to him. And then expect that your prayer, your earnest, heartfelt prayer is going to bring a powerful result. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, God.